Thanks for checking out the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we will talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We're going to discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life and how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out. Join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. Check out www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources made available just for you and your church. Greetings, podcast land. My name is Kenny Jang, and this is the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. And that's why we're here today with Cindy Petroff. So glad to have you on the show today, Cindy. Thank you for having me, Kenny. So, Cindy, you've worked in many fields of accounting, I believe, including government and public manufacturing and now nonprofit. Um, I think currently you're on the staff there at Faith Family Church, uh, leading the accounting department. I think you've been doing it for 15 to 18, 18 years now? A little over 18 years, yes. So um, it's I'm sure you've seen the evolution and the growth and just just different time periods of how the church has handled money and giving and generosity. Uh, yes. Um, it's from 18 years ago to what it is now today is completely different. Completely different. So first, let's just hear a little bit more about you, Cindy, and the church. Tell us a little bit about what your role really means for the church. And um, tell us also, what is your church community like? Like how many people gather on a Sunday? And who and what would we see if we came to visit and sat in on a service and, and took a look around on a Sunday? Well, Faith Family Church is a rather large church. We've got, on weekends, anywhere between three to 4,000 people that regularly attend. Um, we actually have a Saturday night service and a Sunday morning service, because we do find that a lot of people prefer to come Saturday night, but can't come Sunday morning. Um, we've got a real mixed crowd of people who attend here. From young people, we have a great youth program to people who have been here since the church began. Um, myself, I'm the director of finance here and I've been in that position with different titles but basically the same position for 18 years. So I really, um, I, I like to try new technologies and I like to, um, sometimes there's some hesitation with that but you know I've really watched not only the church grow, but the way we do things evolve with time. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I love about hearing about your church in Ohio is that um, you actually brought on board digital giving, um, introduced it to the church as a response to some of the younger generation there. Tell us a little bit more about that. How did that, how did that start? Well, it started probably around eight years ago when we first went to online giving. We had some of the younger people, younger people on staff, had said, you know, why don't we go to online giving? Mm -hmm. And we 
you know, we really thought about it for a while because with me, I'm not a younger person. And it was like, oh, it's credit cards, it's debit cards. And we just had that hesitation about doing that. But once we went to the online giving, they did create an app that people could use the app on their phones or log into our website and give. And, I mean, a lot of people used it. It was popular, but it wasn't, like, mind-blowingly popular. Right, right. You know, people either liked it or they didn't like it. Um, and eight years ago, there was still a lot of hesitation with a lot of people to use online giving. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and we've come a long way, right? I think uh, if you look at even um, e-commerce as a whole, people don't think about um, you know giving a credit card over even on your mobile phone today for a purchase. Um, buying stuff on the run is is the norm for many Americans today. Um, tell us a little bit about your your digital giving options today. So you've got online giving on your website. You said you got a, a mobile app that you can give through a mobile app. Yes. Do you offer text to give as well? We do now offer text to give. We initiated that, oh, I would say two, two and a half years ago. It was, again, that one really came from our, our youth and our really young college-age kids. Mm that they had originally come to our staff and said, yeah, we really would like to be able to give by text. Interesting. They're using their phones now, and we'd really like you to think about doing that. Having been doing online giving, it wasn't as tough to make that transition, but I would say that text to give has really been a popular, popular choice. Good. And so have you seen that it's only limited usage to the younger um, and by young, are you saying under 40, under 30, under 20? What, what, what population are you thinking is the bulk of the people who use text to give I would say initially it was the younger 30 and under crowd mm. that really jumped on board with it right away. What about today? Today, we have all age ranges using it. Really? We have some people that are in their 60s that were using online giving, but they had to do their username and their password, and it was more difficult. So now with text to give, they literally just send a text with their giving, and they're like, they really like it because it's easy. Nice, nice. So who, who are you guys using for your uh, online giving and, and for text to give? For our online giving, we are using our um, database software, which is Shelby Arena. Okay. And that's our people database. And when people log in to do online giving, they are literally logging into that database and they can see their giving records from there. For text to give, we're using Kindred, which is, of course, separate from that, but it's a great option and it actually merges really great into Shelby Arena. Gotcha. So do you, um, do you have it fully integrated where you don't need to do any extra manual data entry? The, there's no data entry, but what we do is we go to Kindred and we um, export the files every day, and then we just import them right into Shelby. Shelby. Great. And that's that way you have one place for all your people profile and histories um, contained. Yes, that's true. Gotcha. 
So what was one of the um, biggest challenges of adopting text to give in your opinion? One of the biggest challenges was getting people to understand how to give to text to give, especially if they wanted it to be their tithe, if they wanted it to be the building, if they wanted it to go to one of our other children's or whatever. Um, that's probably the thing that we are continually um, just reminding people of how that works. Because if you're new to it, it can be somewhat confusing. Right. So is there um, one, of the, one of the hesitations that I've heard from many people who are exploring text-giving solutions is that they're scared that people's giving rates will drop off, that um, people are not comfortable um, writing a check versus texting amounts, that they'd rather write the larger amounts via, tech, uh, via check and that they would not give that much uh, via texting. Have you noticed any loss in terms of the average gift size or are, are you only receiving small dollar amounts via texting? I would say that I've, I've not seen anything drop off, but someone who would normally give text to give, if they did have a particularly large gift that they wanted to give, they might write a check for that. Perfect. And we have many people who do use multiple avenues to give. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So they, uh, depending on um, their own preferences, that you like that flexibility. Yes. They may give um, weekly with online giving, have it just set up as something that's automatic. They don't even have to go in and do anything. It just says, hey, every week or every month or whatever, give this amount. But if they want to give into a special offering, then they may give text to you. Right. Now, one of the big um, obstacles that we have when we talk to the church teams is that the uh, the back office, the finance team, um, it's not like you're out there doing two-hour lunches every day and just sunbathing, right? It's, you've got a full plate uh, in terms of what you yeah. need to do. So the hesitation of bringing another service into the mix in your workflow um, tends to be some resistance in some church teams. Uh, just realistically, um, have you had to add any... Um, part-time or full-time staff to integrate the Kindred solution, the text-to-give, to, to increase that giving option? What type of extra resources have you needed uh, in order to do that? Actually, it's quite the opposite. Because we have a larger congregation, right. everyone was giving by check. We have so much more data entry that we have to do. So by them doing online, which is just integrated right in there, and with the Kindred, we all we do is, in one batch, import that into our system and post it. We save time. Interesting. The more people who use that, it actually saves us time. Interesting. So if, you, if you've got a church scenario where you have a huge proportion is check manually based entry, um, a text-to-give solution might actually be a time saver. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. We went through it and looked to see if someone's giving by check, how many times does the accounting department have to touch that check or that envelope? <laughs> and it was literally like seven times, whereas with the text to give, you're, you're importing it in and posting it and you're done. Gotcha. And you're not doing the individual. It's, it's done in a batch. Everyone, it's one file a, week, uh, a day that you um, 
export and import. Yes, that's correct. Not on a manual, individual basis. Correct. The, the only thing you would have to do manually is if someone new gives that isn't in your database. Gotcha. But other than that, it's literally maybe a five-minute process. Gotcha. Now, have you seen any uptick in um, new givers embracing the text to give, or is it mostly just old-time givers? I would say that as new people come into the church, that's the way they're giving is by text to give. Your younger people, many of them don't even have checking accounts. Right, right. Or use checks. And so for them, they're like, oh, I can do that. I can give. Um, it's, it's so easy just to do that first initial text to give and you're set up. That is so much easier than, oh, I didn't bring my checkbook or I don't have cash on me. So for that, it's a great advantage. Nice, nice. Now, so if, you're, if you had a chance to talk to the people who are listening today uh, who are considering making that leap into digital giving, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them as they go through this whole decision process? I would say for, and, and I've said this to people in the past, when you're looking for a text-to-give option, make sure that it integrates well mm. with the software you're currently using. Make sure that it's something that you can import in and you're not creating another data entry issue you know, for your staff. Gotcha. Great piece of advice. Yeah, because it's, it's important to, be, uh, to make sure everything works together, right? Yes. Well, um, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us and sharing your experiences with digital giving. Um, we're going to end the interview with a lightning round of questions. Are you ready, Simic? Sure. Okay, so the first one is, um, can you share one thing for the top of everyone's list, whether it's uh, t the list of books, great books that they should be reading, websites that they should be visiting, conferences that should be taking note of, or some other type of resource related to church and the vocation of doing ministry? I would say I've recently read a book called The Leadership Triangle, and that was really great. Um, it's by um, Kevin Ford and Ken Tucker, and it was very helpful for me and really understanding our roles as leaders and and how to involve everyone in, in some of your decision-making. Nice. That's a good one. Um, and so what's one thing that you're looking forward to in 2017 regarding the church? We are going to be opening a campus in 2017. Wow. In 2016, we actually opened some prison campuses, and we're doing those every week in multiple prisons. It's awesome program, and we're really looking forward to now opening up a campus somewhere that we'll be able to reach more people. Wow, that's exciting. That's a, that period of growth is it's a historic, right? Whenever you're adding another campus, and um, that's a great part, time to be a part of the church. Um, third question is, where are you getting your inspiration and education about giving and donor development these days? I would say my inspiration is coming from our younger staff members. Mm. Um, I'm a little older. I won't say how much older, um, but... They are. They have the pulse of the younger people, 
And sometimes they bring ideas to me that I've never, not necessarily even heard of, and it gives me the information I need to then further research. Yeah, I, just the whole story about your church, I love that repeatedly there's so many, uh, so many examples of being open and listening to the community and being responsive to that. I think that posture is something that everyone really needs to take note of. It's, a, it's an awesome posture to have. Um, you've, you've shared so many good things today. If someone listening today wanted to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way that they could do that today? They can email me at info at myfaithfamily.com. Awesome. And that's your website also, right? Myfaithfamily.com? Yes, that's correct. Um, and that church is in Ohio. Um, thank you so much, Cindy, for being on the show today. Thank you, Kenny. And thank you for our audience for listening into our conversation on digital giving and the church. I hope this episode has been useful to you. Do me a favor and like and review this podcast episode today. It really helps us reach more church leaders across the country on such an important issue uh, and uh, with the future of the church. Well, that's a wrap. I'm Kenny Jang for Generosity Labs. Till next time, check out our website at www.generositylabs.org. Remember, learning to give with your heart is when the real giving starts. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. In the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.